Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. Shout out to our buddy Chase Drew for the intro music. Chase is an up and incoming London musician, so if you like that song, make sure you go check out all of his music on all streaming platforms now. As always, I got my amazing co-anchor with me, Devin Box. Devin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Rainy right. outside, but we're in doing podcasts. Exactly. So Devin specializes in the healthcare industry and hosts his own podcast called the Health Science Podcast. So make sure you also go check that out. If you're new to the podcast, here's what we do. We review and break down literature relating to fiscal and or monetary policy with the goal in mind to make the paper understandable for you guys. Devin's here to act on behalf as a non-expert in the policy field and to seek clarification when needed and to keep me on track. Now that we have housekeeping out of the way, let's dive right into the paper. So this episode will be a little different as it's not particularly a research paper, but there's something very important going on now in like the, the Canadian banking industry. And I feel like it's very, it's going to affect the housing market. So I feel like it's necessary for us to kind of have that talk today. Cool. Cool. So we're going to look at a paper called Canadian banks are expected to tighten home equity line of credit access uh, as aid measures wind down. So this news was released amongst the pandemic, and I feel that this is a very important topic. As you know, Devin, the housing market has been in a boom in Canada, at least for the past decade. Oh, yeah. As we're uh, (laughs) kind of starting to look at houses, it's impossible to find affordable housing that does not go $70,000 over the asking price. Yeah. But because of this news, just foreshadowing for later in the episode, that this is so big that it will change the housing market and I feel like it will make it more affordable for everyone in the future. Uh, yeah, like the, the banking situation will change it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So cool. let's go right into it. Yeah. So what is a home equity line of credit? Essentially what it is is it's money because it's a line of credit which is secured, which is secured just as collateral, um, which you need an asset for taking like against debt. Um, like if you want money, you need something to secure it because if you cannot afford to pay money back, the bank needs something. Get okay. It? Okay. Sorry. Let me let me put that in my dumb ways. So if you want to <laughs> get money from a bank, yeah, you have to have something that's worth money so that if you can't give the the bank money, they can take that yeah. from you and that it's 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 make sure that the bank doesn't just loan things out to people who can't afford stuff. Exactly. Okay. So these loans tend to have lower interest rates than a traditional line of credit. Specifically in Canada, the line of credit cannot exceed 65% of your home's value. For numbers' sake, the average house in Canada costs five hundred and four thousand three hundred and fifty dollars, with sixty-five percent of that being three hundred and twenty-seven thousand eight hundred and twenty-seven and fifty cents. So you went down to the cents on that. I did you. go down to the cents. <laughs> that's a lot of money for sixty-five. So that's what that's what you can get from the bank just from owning the average home. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's and you're receiving that line of credit at a lower interest rate. Which is very significant. So then, then just general, just types a of general loans. line of credit. Okay. So you're paying less for money just because you own a house. Now, what I you might not be able to this, but like, is it because a house is so secure, like the the bank is is guaranteed that money back on the house, mm-hmm. so that they're willing to give lower interest rates to say, hey, like if you if you don't pay this back, we're we're always going to get our money back. Yeah, well, pretty much because if you it, since it's sixty five percent of a home. If you're not able, like, you know, the housing market's not going to drop that 35% mm-hmm. in appreciation. So it's not like they're giving out a hundred percent of your home equity. So since it's only that 65%, you, they know that they're not going to lose that money. It's so it's hundred percent secure, right? So yeah. they're able to take the lower hit on the interest rates. Yeah. 
So this allows people to buy a house. And what people have been doing is that they've been using these home equity line of credits and then buying other houses and continuing the process to use houses to fund more houses. Mm. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why the housing market has been such in a boom uh, in Canada for some time now. It, as you can see, investors use their homes as collateral to further buy investment homes and continue the process without needing much capital. So you don't need much money of your own to create these investment properties and generate lots of income. Yeah. So why would Canada tighten the access to home equity line of credits? The central bank is worried because of the global pandemic and government assistance is so high. Lenders, so banks, want to let limit credit to already stretched borrowers meaning that they don't want to loan to people if they are living outside their means. And because of the coronavirus, people are more likely to default on their loans. Defaulting just means that they're not be able to meet the obligations to pay off those lines of credits and or using the financial government stimulus packages and the bank loan payment deferrals. Uh, like, and the longer that the virus lasts, uh, the more the banks are taking a hit. So history time. This story kind of reminds of us of the 2008 recession, kind of. A little bit. I mean, banks are on edge. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, kind of show that that's the main reason why the banks have kind of been doing this is because they don't want another housing crisis. Because what happens if the bank continues to give out these home equity line of credits and then people aren't able to meet their obligations? Asset bubble. You're learning. Goes. I'm learning. You're learning. I love this. <laughs> People have things that they can't afford. Yes. So that's exactly the main point there. So when the pandemic is over and life starts going back to normal and the federal aid and mortgage deferrals kind of disappear and people still need money, they will look into tap into their home equity line of credits, especially if unemployment remains high. If they don't have money, this is an easy way to get money. They're going to try and get it this way. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if people don't have money, it's hard to pay off money. So, yeah. <laughs> But even I was, hey, I don't know if $2,000 would make a difference, but I know there's been a lot of articles online that I've seen with the um, CERB payments that people are getting is mm -hmm. there really isn't actually a vetting process. They want to make it as accessible as possible yeah. so that people could be getting money that they retroactively could be taking away. Yeah. And if someone maybe didn't look at the rules or willingly didn't care, they could be getting you know, however long this pandemic lasts, $2,000 yeah. every four weeks, and then that could be gone. Exactly. And that could be I mean, part of a down payment or something to a bank. That's really risky, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the whole point of why they, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, is why they need to tighten these regulations is because if they don't, be like it's known that people like to live outside of their means. And yeah. if it does go away and then they try to tap into like these home equity line of credits and then people start are starting not to be able to pay off the line of credits, mm -hmm. then uh, we're in big trouble again. And yeah. that's the last thing we need other than a global pandemic is another financial crisis. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> like it's you're kind of putting out the wildfire before it started. Right. Because you can see it coming. You're like, OK, this could happen. So yeah. it's good to be proactive that way. That's the first time that I've seen proactive instead of reactive. So this is, yeah. this, is this is huge. I'm Good. liking this. <laughs> Economy's learning. <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> but so, and then again, if people are still unemployed and they start seeking like what we calculated earlier, if the average Canadian that owns a house is able to receive 
uh, over $320,000 with technically no income is very dangerous. And like we said, has lots of similarities to 2008. With tighter regulations, this would help reduce the risk of spikes of sour loans, which just means loans that are more likely that the people will not be able to pay them back, which because of the pandemic, banks are already bracing for um, because they're hurting because they're losing the interest payments because of deferral programs, which a deferral program just means they're not paying the interest on their mortgages right now because of economic hardships because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what does this mean for the housing market? There was a big change when the Bank of Nova Scotia stopped allowing borrowers to use home equity line of credits for down payments specifically on investment properties. Uh, this is only during the pandemic. So this is huge because like what we said earlier, a lot of how investors used uh, their income properties is they didn't need a lot of cash to buy properties. Mm-hmm. So with with making this rule, uh, it actually makes them have to put out a lot more money out of pocket than instead of using their assets, like their homes, to buy other homes, yep. which will make it the housing market prices pretty much drop down because people like the competitiveness is not as high because most more, there's not a lot of people in the market anymore. Yeah. You can't just kind of be throwing all that money around. Exactly. You don't have it. And we can see, so this was the bank of Nova Scotia and we can see it in the U S also as JP Morgan chase and co, which is one of the biggest banks in the U S also said it would stop be accepting the like the home equity line of credit applications. So like I highlighted earlier, home equity line of credits are cheaper than other loans because they're secured by your home. But uh, because of the easy access to additional credit as borrowers build equity into their homes, this obviously raises the risk of taking on too much debt. From the bank's perspective, if they give too many home equity line of credits, it could leave them unable to recoup the full amount of if the property value declines. But like we said, we would need the housing market to decline more than 35%. -hmm. For the banks to actually lose money but it, it hasn't like it's happened before where housing markets drop more than 35 percent. so it's not super unlikely like it's not out of the question yeah so it's just something that the banks will have to take into consideration and because of the financial uncertainty due because of, of the pandemic and not wanting to watch a rewind tape of the great recession pretty much i feel like this is a necessity for like the housing market in canada and because it's way too expensive, uh, these tighter regulations will drive the housing market down, which, because we need that, because again, like we said earlier, there's less players in the game, and the risk is at an all-time high, and if there's a way to reduce risk, we should take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. So as of right now, home equity line of credits account for 17% of like the big banks, so that's like TD, Scotia, um, RBC, RBC, I'm blanking. CIBC. Yeah, the, those the the seventeen percent of total mortgage books. So that's a that's a significant amount. Yeah. Like, so if you took all the mortgages in Canada, which there's a lot, and that seventeen percent is just the home equity line of credit, if people started defaulting on those loans, that would be enough to pretty much cause a crash in would the it? banking system. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, though, for sure, to see in the future kind of how like this actually reduces like house prices and how many people will actually try to apply for these home equity line of credits when the pandemic is over. So I just wanted to talk about kind of why 
like the housing market would actually go down. Like I know I kept saying like, oh, the prices will go down, like that type of stuff. But I think it's important like to kind of take that like a step further and not just investment properties in general, but just like the average Canadian, right? Because if you don't have income and you own a house and this is such an easy way to gain money, even if you're not using it for investment properties and you just take out, because a lot of people refinance their mortgage to get extra cash. Because again, as houses appreciate, because we've seen it in a boom, so houses get more money, you you can, like your mortgage is only for the set amount of what you bought the house for. If you refinance it and you get that mortgage because your house is worth more, you can take that cash and then that's cash that you have now. Yeah, it's the difference it's between the difference. whatever you bought it at and whatever it's worth now. Yeah, so, and if your house devalues, then you can't refinance it. So, yeah. So if, because of like the people with like investment properties, if they're, if they keep refinancing and this is a way to kind of reduce that, it kind of like, it hurts the average Canadian that actually uses this, not just specifically for investment properties or real estate properties, but just for people that need money. I'd be interested though to, because I, the only time I've heard of refinancing, you know, in my limited experiences mm -hmm. is when people want to, to use that cash where they'll flip a house and refinance it once it's worth more and then, you know, do what we were talking about and, and put that into another house with, you know, an equity or a lot of credit, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, is it, I, I don't know if you have the, you probably don't have the numbers, but I'd be interested to see how many Canadians rely on, on that refinancing. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, how big is that market to kind of see, and I'll put a number mark on, on what that impact might be, but I guess you could just speculate it. It would be quite a bit, right? Yeah, no, it would for sure be a lot. And like, I know personally, a lot of people, like some people have to use it. Say if you have a really big expense and you can't take on like an additional line of credit, sometimes the home equity line of credit is the only thing that they can apply for mm. because their house is really the only thing that is securing it. Yeah. But if your house is just going down in, in, in value, then yeah, that's interesting. Cause I think, you know, for, for say us, we were trying to look into getting into houses. We're mm -hmm. always just like, come on, we want the house prices to go down. Yeah. But like, what does that mean for people who already own houses and maybe rely on that as an asset to, to get money? Well, and sometimes we just talk about the, and like specifically investment properties. Uh, a lot of people blame like, oh, people just come like specifically like to Canada. They just buy the houses. The market goes up and it's because of these people that the like the prices are so high. Prices need to go down. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the people really fully understand that if prices of houses do go down, it might actually hurt Canadians. Yeah, I've, I've personally seen stuff on social media of, of people talk, you know, kind of resenting those who kind of throw their money around in the housing market. Yeah. And yeah, there's negatives, but there's also some positives about people who own houses, the average person, if, the, if their house is more valued. I mean, I know I'm pretty sure my, my grandmother, her house value is probably tripled in the, you know, 12, 13 years that she's owned it. Yeah, for sure. Most right? houses, like so, if you look at the year of the year, like houses have almost like doubled in the past 20 years. Yeah, and a lot of people rely on that and not just, 
you know, maybe the the prototypical greedy investor that yeah. has tons of properties. That those aren't the only ones that exist, right? It's it's probably the average Canadian that would feel the effect more. Well, and that's the point that I kind of wanted to get across is specific. Like again, I thought it was huge. I think the Bank of Nova Scotia did a huge thing of just making it specifically to investment properties because I feel like if you just completely scrapped the home equity line of credit, that would hurt the average Canadian more than just investment property owners. Just making it specifically to investment properties, I feel is a huge move in kind of like creating a stability in the housing market. I don't think that there specifically needs to be a decrease. I think we need stability instead of constant appreciation. Especially right now. Yeah. Like stability in anything. (laughs) Yeah. Because of all the economic hardships, because of the financial uncertainty, I think the biggest thing that we need right now is stability. I agree. Yeah. So I think that's a good spot to end it. Um, Do you have any final questions or comments? No, I would just say good chat and it's very relevant to a lot of people. So I'm glad we have this topic. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks everyone to listening to the fiscal frisk. I'll leave the, the reference and my contact information in the description for you to explore and for any questions or concerns or studies and articles that you want us to cover next. As always, I'm your host, Zach Hunter. Alongside me, I have Devin Box. Make sure to listen to his podcast, the Health Science Podcast, every Tuesday and Thursday. And also, make sure you go listen to Chase Chase Drew's music on all streaming platforms. Stay safe, and we'll see you next episode.